we know that when you have this increase, when you lose, when you have this increase in gonadotropin secretion, right. you will have an upregulation of all the gonadotropin receptors in the uh, body. So mm -hmm. those receptors will pop up more often. They will have a bigger impact. And what does it translate into from a clinical standpoint? Sorry for saying sorry media presents the Per podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and this is the Per podcast, and I have with me you you didn't give me enough warning like you you did you, you i'm speechless i i okay can you introduce yourself i i have to pretend i'm on zoom it'll work yeah. if i think of, i'm on zoom yeah, zoom yeah out. i'll zoom out yeah good idea okay so believe it or not i am dr susan little it's yes hard, hard to believe yes. yes and we're still in orlando yeah well you know you gotta cut me some slack this is only our second in-person <laughs> taping in three years right right so you gotta cut me some slack i'll get there and we had a cliffhanger last time we did have a cliffhanger mm -hmm. Yeah. What was so, that? Well, we are really fortunate that we have Dr. Fontaine with us again. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about uh, uh, spays and neuters and actually some really exciting options for spays right. and neuters. And so you, so one of the things that sticks in my mind from the last episode was talking about there may be some potential downsides to GNRH interference. And I had never thought of that before. And I would say, yeah. make it bigger at any time when we mess with the ovaries or the testicles in this case. Um, you know, they're there for a reason. If you take something away that's there for a reason, there's always side effects. And lately, uh, there has been a lot of emphasis on the side effects yeah. for early castration. Because yes. we always promoted that because we said, okay, early castration is really good because you decrease memory tumors, for instance. And we, we still believe that, although it's based on a really old article that have never never really been, uh, you know, proven again. But um, but lately there has been a lot of interest in the possible side effects that you can create. And I know that mm -hmm. uh, the Therio people at Utrecht always were hesitant by spaying early. They they decided to spay between the first and the second heat, and sometimes even later because you know developmental changes that you could create and that sort of thing. So now we have a theory guy here, and I would love to hear what is really true about all those yeah, rumors that are going around. Okay, so uh, when, when spay and nuclear, as you say, has always been a discussion about pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when it comes to to the cons, uh, the one. I think we always need to have in mind is this weight gain thing that we would observe yeah. right. after yeah. spaying and nurturing uh, cats. This this is spaying and nurturing does not cause overweight condition, but right. it predisposes them to develop this because right. increase in food intake, yeah. increase in a uh, decrease meta, uh, yeah. metabolism, and, and a substantial decrease in activity. yes, yeah. yeah. So the the um, the the decrease in metabolism isn't like five or ten percent. Mm -hmm. It's Big. Like once one study like uh, mentions like, uh, minus 52 percent wow. yeah. decrease in activity yeah it's huge. huge yeah right yeah yeah so that's an unintended consequence right. yes and, and that's one we always need to keep in mind because that's the biggest complication yeah. we'll see yeah. 
Yeah. And obesity is a little bit of a problem in oh, like that. So I would say. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and it's already, but then you do this yeah. on top of it, so it's even worse. And vets really need to be counseling clients, I think, at the time of spay and neuter, don't you think? Like that's the time. Yes. Right? Because those cats are going to pretty quickly need less calories. I, I think yeah. spaying and nurturing uh, shouldn't be seen as an end, but more yeah. of a, as a beginning. Ooh, I like that. When you do that, uh, I always say afterwards, you need to really think on how you're going to monitor yeah. those kittens. Yeah. And today yeah. you have great tools to do that. You have uh, lots of papers that have been published and lots of veterinarians are discussing about how to create pediatric protocols right. for those individuals. Right. So, But that's we could speak hours on that. So hmm. I'm going to stick to the cons. I'm going to try to focus here. Excellent. <laughs> so one of the so that's one thing. When it comes to the cons, uh, I think then there are lots of, on my end, lots of questions. Uh, you were talking about all those things about increased rates in tumors, uh, increased uh, potential osteoarticular problems. Right. Yeah. We know, as a matter of fact, that sex hormones typically are helping the body protect itself against chronic inflammatory disorders. Right. Uh, some studies actually tend to show that cats do not play the same game as other species on that one. However, it's always difficult to, to compare in my opinion, because in other species, we're dealing with a very different rate yes. of spaying and nurturing. Yes. In and, cats, and can I push back here a little bit? I mm -hmm. think the number one undiagnosed problem in cats is osteoarthritis when they get old. And I would not be surprised with the fact that there will be a correlation. I'm just saying this mm -hmm. totally out of the blue, a correlation with this, because almost all the cats are neutered. Yes. It, and all those cats get at a certain point also arthritis. So in, I wouldn't in, be surprised if there's a link. Yes, but especially in North America where our spay and neuter rates are high. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so speaking of bones though, and right. I, I know I'm cutting you off there, but I don't want to forget to bring mm -hmm. this topic up. In cats, it's the slipped capital physis. Um, so the growth plate mm -hmm. fracture. Yeah. So this one is actually interesting. Yeah. Because when you look at the literature. They will tell you that when you spay a neuter, whether you spay early at seven weeks or at or, seven months, right. uh, it, it will actually delay, delay the closure of the growth plates. However, it is not associated with an increased right. risk of fractures, right. etc. Right. That's what you find in the literature. Yeah. But when I was preparing for my talk, I found this article on Maine Coons that is from 2018 or something mm -hmm. that it's on only on 17 cats. So you cannot draw any conclusions. Right. However, their thoughts were, oh, but uh, those are giant cats, and um, we all, all every time we see those, uh, what you just say, SCFE, if mm, I'm correct, yeah. slipped, <laughs> slipped capital, femoral, epiphyse, SCFE. And Let's when, just stick with that, yeah. But when you see that in cats, mm. you uh, in in those main coons, they said maybe there is an association mm. with their spay and neuter status. Mm -hmm. It's a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Again, seventeen right. cats, hard to draw any conclusion, but think about it. In the canine species, again, we are mainly concerned about those kind of disorders in large dogs. Right. right. While in cats, we always speak about cats like they are all the same. But They're if not. you're dealing with Maine Coons, Siberians, savannas, uh, I don't know if you all guys, different. Yep. savannas are massive. I mean, yep. Maine Coons look small yeah. when you compare them to savannas. Yeah, but they're they're big, but they're not um, robust. The Maine mm -hmm. Coons are like the uh, uh, a bulldog build you know what i mean mm -hmm. and the savannas are a little are slimmer mm -hmm. and life more mm -hmm. light right i, I do yeah. also have to say is that in these breeds because there's so much inbreeding it will be very difficult to take up the genetic part 
and and so if you need a lot of cats to prove that it is the spaying that does it and it's not the genetics of the cat breed yeah I think when it comes to genetics it's interesting uh, we, we we are diverging a little bit here but right. I find that as you said uh, we have if it's a purebred cat it's an inbred cat that I mean that's mm -hmm. that goes with it however Maine Coons uh, are pretty diverse they are uh, today we can actually check the yeah. genetic diversity yes. and that's a fantastic tool yes. cat that's, breeders have that's to Dr. Actually, Lyons our friend right. Dr. Yeah. Lyons yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. it's a great way to improve actually uh to, to decrease the genetic the genetic impact those uh, yep. those genes could have again mm -hmm. yeah but any big cats a Maine Coon Right. Well, yes, I, I see yes. what you're getting at. Yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. clients will say, oh, it's a main coon. Mm, yes. Exactly, it's a main coon. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it gets in the record as being a main yeah. coon. Well, mm -hmm. they might yeah. not have a pedigree of yeah. an official main coon, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Because, so, you know, anything that looks big is, of course, something that yeah. is special. But um, so there, what about cancer? So cancers, same thing. We know that when you have this increase, when you lose, when you have this increase in gonadotropin secretion, right. you will have an upregulation of all the gonadotropin receptors in the uh, body. So mm -hmm. those receptors will pop up more often. They will have a bigger impact. And what does it translate into from a clinical standpoint? To be fair, today we don't know yet in cats. We, right. we have some suspicions in other species, and again, those are still suspicions. But in cats, we don't know yet. So right. there might be something here to look into. And yeah. I, I, Although I, think I thought it was a, a, you know, there's one article that says that if you spay early, you prevent memory cancer in cats. That's correct. Yeah, so that's there correct. Is, there is some mention of that. You know, what is coming up in the D word right now is that there are other cancers like hemangiosarcoma, osteosarcoma, some of the, the bad tumors that we see in the D word that seem to have a higher prevalence in neutered mm -hmm. it's tough to figure out though because the right. percentage of of spayed and neutered animals is high in north america right it's hard to get a control i guess unless you're working with breeders you'll have a control group with breeders mm -hmm. right yeah right. it's hard though right and you know in europe there's a lot of cats yes that right. Are, right 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 and, and and then the other thing is we know in the d word also that prostate cancer is probably has a higher correlation in neutered dogs, Correct. which is also something you wouldn't really. When you find find a big prostate mm -hmm. on a castrated dog, mm -hmm. yeah, it's usually worried. not a hyperplastic hyperplastic. <laughs> you get worried, but that, then the correlation with that is difficult because often the D word gets castrated relatively late in life, and so you know there still can be a lot of inflammation which causes the tumor to occur. So there's, you know, you have, it, it, it is always very difficult to prove, uh, except when you have really big numbers. So. And I see that I'm thinking of those of us who are researchers working in vet schools, etc. Mm -hmm. This is a fantastic area mm -hmm. of opportunity in terms of research, mm -hmm. because right. there are questions. To your point, when this paper in 2012, I think, or I don't remember, when this paper was published on the fact that spaying and nurturing could increase the rate of mm -hmm. joint disorders and right. cancers, people started to ask questions because right. this paper went viral on the right. internet and mm -hmm. people were like, oh, oh, but now maybe we should not spay and not. Mm -hmm. It's always pros and cons. Yeah. And this one is one, unfortunately, we, we're still missing data, yeah. especially right. in the field. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good to talk about it though, yeah. because it's yes. a hot topic everywhere. And, it is. But we, we also, when we do talk about this, we have to always mention the benefits of yes. the procedure because it's in, I would say, until we get a injectable, 
or something. It is still an invasive procedure mm -hmm. where you change. And I'm a surgeon, so this is you know the surgery that most of the veterinarians do in practice all the time. Uh, so we often defend the things that we do, mm -hmm. but it's still an invasive procedure, and especially in the female D, mm. especially in the larger, better yeah. female D. This is a major surgery. It's not. Just doing it can be traumatic for the surgeon. Too. It's traumatic for the surgeon. <laughs> it's traumatic for the animal. Yes. And people kind of go over it. That's why I'm a much bigger uh, proponent of doing male castrations because it's so much easier and it's yeah. less invasive for the dog and not for female. But, you know, try to convince people because the advantages of, of course, also that you delete the heat. Mm. Uh, which is, you know, more convenient than yes. anything else. One thing I would say, though, when it comes to those hormonal modifications we observe after sterilization in the, in, in, in cats, right? Uh, in dogs, we know that we're going to find a high level. Say the D oh, I did say, oh, yeah, glass of wine. Uh, oh, yeah, that's wine. right. Oh, that's the you. other rule. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, I didn't oof. know that. I oh, forgot about the I glass know. of wine. You didn't Actually. tell me about the rules. That's no, fine. No, no, I'm no, a French yeah. guy. We usually, we usually... Oh, good French wine. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Funny story. Mm -hmm. I might be French, but I don't drink wine. I actually but enjoy it Oh, okay. So then we'll so, compensate. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll <laughs> balance it out. No worries, my friend. Okay. We, we have your coffee. The, the LH is going to peak yes. in, 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 in the other species. Mm -hmm. But not, in cats, the increase is not that high. Actually, in many other species, we are able to use uh, LH test to actually detect oh, if an animal is yes. spay or neuter. Yeah, but you can't in cats. In cats, it does not yes. work that way yes. because their yeah. level of LH is going to be lower yes. than what you'd expect in yes. other species. Yeah, so, that's true. So we have to use like relaxin or we have to use uh, uh, AMH. 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 AMH would be the marker yes. for this one. That yes. is another really cool topic. So let's talk a little bit about you get in a, either a D or a, a C, a cat, uh, in your clinic, and you, the owner says that she or he still suspects that the cat is in heat, mm -hmm. uh, but it was spayed like years ago. So what mm -hmm. do you do? So the first thing, I will go into a series of very awkward questions with the owner. Mm, I like <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure how you can say that because Okay. Was there one testicle or two? Well, it's it, it's it, it, in women uh, when they go through menopause, they will require hormonal supplementation, and some of those hormones are creams that contain estrogen that you will put right. on yes. your hands. Yes. And because you and your you, you have your yes. cats in your hands, those hormones can it go through the skin. Right. So that's always the yes. difficult part. To I agree. With I'm you. happy that you have that. Discussion. Yes, I agree with you. It's like does any Buddy in your family exactly. yeah. have a hormonal cream? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing we want to address. It's awkward, it's awkward but we have to do this. Right. Then, when this is done, we can do two things. Typically, we'll do a vaginal smear oh. in cats uh, because that. that's a very simple way to check if right. there is an estrogen impregnation because you will see carnified cell. Right. Uh, one clinical tip if you do a vaginal, vaginal smear in a cat, don't forget to humidify the tip right. of the swab right. because if you do not humidify it, yes. you will not get any anything. cell and you won't be able to see anything yeah. under the microscope. Yeah. And humidify is like sterile saline? Yeah, correct. Yeah. correct. You yeah. just put some sterile saline. And I use urethral, urethral swabs for yes. those. Yeah, because yes. they're like they urethral thinner. swabs for people because they're smaller and it's yeah. easier to... Agreed. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, that's, good, that's a good one to use. I agree. Mm. Uh, the second thing I do, because I love ultrasounds, is that I will do an ovarian ultrasound. On those cats, mm. because Ooh. typically when you have 
an ovarian remnant, right. the, where the remnant is, you will have kind of a compensatory hypertrophy mm. that typically is very easy to observe. If you know what you're looking for, you will see like a big roundish anechoic mm. structure right. next to the kidney. Mm. Right. And for me, that has always been the, the go-to exam. Uh, if you're not comfortable with ultrasounds, you can still use AMH. It has its pros and cons. Uh, I've never been a really big fan. AMH is anti-Mullerian hormone. It's a right. test that you can run through uh, most labs, labs today. Right. But those would be my my, my go-to approaches. For the cat. Mm. For the cat. For yes. the D, anything else? Or, um, not necessarily. Honestly, I proceed the exact same way. You can do ovarian stimulation test. Yeah, that's what, the, you know, Utrecht did that a lot. So, yeah. so the, all the dogs that came in where the ultrasound was, you know, mm -hmm. indecisive, they did that for sure. As it's Before they go to the CT scan. Because you will do an injection of HTG, the women chorionic gonadotropin, and then you do two blood samples, one before the injection, one 24 hours after. Yeah, it's not easy. Ovarian remnant, I've never found it interesting. For ectopic testis why not but in cats there's an even simpler clinical tip that you oh, can use in male cats this is my favorite one yeah, i actually have pictures on my presentation this afternoon just to show people because, it is my favorite one uh, it's when you have testosterone impregnation on the penis of the male cat mm -hmm. you will see spines right if there's no testosterone there's no spine so instead of looking for an ovarian uh, an ectopic uh, testis yeah you just pull out the, the penis and you check the spine. You can't do that in a dog. Uh, in, in a dog, they don't have spines. <laughs> okay, so now you tricked me. Yeah, I think I we're, we're really mean in this. this I can see you that. Know, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah very, very okay, really but, question for you. Once yeah. you castrate the cat, mm -hmm. how long before the spines disappear? Typically a month. Roughly a month. One month. I, yeah, so I usually four to, four to six weeks. Yeah. Well, which I, is so, a month, a month, and a half. Yeah, right? Yes, so they should be. If the yeah. cat was recently castrated, if it's at least six weeks mm. in the past, right. there should be no spines, mm. correct? There should be no spine. It's actually, there's something interesting, and I run into this discussion all the time with uh, people online. When you remove the testis, people always think that cats can still eventually breed with a female and impregnate this female. They mm. do? Who's people? Uh, you will find you. I'm, I've heard that in the veterinary world. I'm hearing that a lot in the breeding world. Seriously. And for that to happen, you need sperm structures, structures that can store sperm outside of the testis. Right. Those do not exist in cats. Huh. So if you remove the testis, no sperm. No it's sperm. amazing no to me that that's misconception. In other species, like in 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 horses, for instance, you have the ampulla that can keep some okay. sperm so even baby. after castration yes but, yes yes and but cats don't have cats don't yeah. have those kind of structures okay. the, the reproductive tract of a cat in a male cat especially is yeah. stupidly simple yeah <laughs> to be honest you have and, compact. and compact and compact yes you yeah. have almost no accessory yep. glands they are very minimal so one of the funnest um, surgeries that i used to do was endoscopic exploration for um you know uh, spade animals mm -hmm. that still were in heat, so ectopic uh, uh, ovaries, and I liked it because there's also a lot of adhesion, so it's a little bit more complicated than just a normal mm -hmm. uh, endoscopic uh, space. But uh, um, so we did one research, but the one question that we got back from the reviewers was, how do you know that there was tissue? And so that's why we had, and, and we did 
these these GNRH mm -hmm. tests on all of them. So it was ah. relatively easy to say, hey, we yeah. did the test. And so yeah. they were positive mm -hmm. because and then you went there were there. hormone in there. And, yeah. and so we went in there. But uh, but for, for me, that was, I, I still have pretty good memories on that. Uh, and it's so easy to do. So when you do it laparoscopically yeah. by laparoscope, um, so if if I was going in like surgically, I would want to try to time it so there might be a CL present, mm -hmm. right? Because it to me that's more visible. I I I found that more visible. Mm -hmm. I found it easier because it's like a yellow structure on a red background, and so sometimes it was more visible. Did you try to time it at all, or it didn't like matter? Most you of just time went it's in. so obvious. First, okay. you do an ultrasound. They will let you know if there's something there or not. If there's something there, you will see it. But you have a four times magnification, two to four times magnification, okay. so everything looks really big. Very often they have cysts, so there's cystic yeah. structures that will stay okay. there in whatever yeah. uh, uh, thing they are. So it's it's really not that difficult. And if you don't see anything, you just remove whatever scar is there. So there's always yeah. scarring that you can see. So you you mentioned a remnant being when you're looking on ultrasound, like looking around a kidney, but mm -hmm. but I know there's at least one paper about how cells that are inadvertently, yeah. you know, like mm -hmm. left behind will revascularize, like in an in, in part of the omentum. Or ovaries that are dropped. I mean, some people yeah. don't take out the ovaries. Mm -hmm. and they you, just drop them into uh, and then they think that they're all, oh, really? we don't worry about it. So have but you then, have you seen that where it's revascularized right. in the omentum? I, I've, I, I, I've I, seen I, it once. I haven't seen it. I've read papers yeah. about it. And I've seen cases where indeed we do the surgery one, two times with we're pretty sure we removed everything yeah. and they keep coming back yeah. into season. So this is when, uh, instead of doing even more yeah, surgeries, yeah. because usually it happens in all the cats and people start to say, oh, but yeah, that's, it's full surgery. Yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. to go through that anymore. Uh, this is where. Uh, so do you think that that could be, that could be the reason why these guys are still awesome. coming back into yeah. heat? So Definitely. yeah. Definitely. So when that paper came out, it made me like really careful when I do mm. space, mm. <laughs> right? So, was, but I've only actually seen it once. Mm. No, yeah. I definitely think that's a possibility. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is the end again. Ooh. So uh, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Welcome. My this pleasure. has been really cool. Uh, yeah. I think this is a topic that everybody enjoys. Uh, I don't think we've had a, a repro talk. I don't think we've had all. a repro guy. Yeah. Well, all. there's not a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, we're yeah. not that many. Yeah, it's not. There's How not many that many. there in the world? Uh, in the world, uh, maybe 200. When, when we have our big congress every four years, there are 400 people from all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so that's interesting. Yeah, so it's, it's, there's still a scarce specialty. So yeah. it's a delight for me to be able to talk hormones with somebody. Thank you. <laughs> for me as well. So. I'm rolling my eyes now. But yeah. People, Look. it's time to Look, there's switch a surgical up. aspect to this. I, right. You know, right, right. When this I is invited, a nice medical surgical doctor. When I invited sure. Dr. Fontaine, I thought, Yola will be happy. There's right. surgery involved. Right, 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 right. Once every blue moon. Yes. But I'll that's try. okay. Um, this is the Per Podcast. You can find more information on perpodcast.net. Yes. And we Which have is a up social to date. media handle. Uh, it seems to be up to date uh, and we have a social media handle at per podcast and yes. uh, we hope to see you next week. So thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you very much. It's for a having pleasure. Me. Pleasure. <laughs> Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, consultations in feline internal medicine. Along with three cats, 
She also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at Cat Pet Susan. Dr. Yola Kirkenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-V-E-T-S-X. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolift app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast.